0: Welcome to The Reprogram, where we reveal and heal the programs our nervous system picked up along our lives to protect us, where our children's improved behavior is a byproduct of the safety we've reclaimed in our bodies, where we use neuroscience to bring us back to love, and where we bravely heal ourselves so our children don't have to. Intergenerational trauma ends with us, I see you, I'm with you, I am you. Let's reprogram together. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited, you guys, to share Misa Terrell with you. Did I say that right? I didn't say that right. Uh, That's Terrell. That's fine.
1: Terrell. Okay.
0: <laughs> Misa Terrell, she is just this like beacon of light in the Asheville community, you guys. She is just this hub for all things embodiment, deeply grounded spirituality. You will find she is just so deep and wise and grounded and accessible, which I think is a really unique combination that makes us feel so safe as we're entering into these new explorations of ourselves and what life can become. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to share her with this greater audience that doesn't live in our community or those that do. Misa, thanks Mm -hmm. so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Anne. I'm really excited to be here. And as I was saying earlier, just happy to be able to talk to you other than on a high by, like super Uh zoom by, you know, at the end of class. So thank you for inviting me here. I'm very, very honored to be here.
0: Uh, Well, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before without giving specifics, but I remember I was thinking this was probably the beginning of last year. I swear to God, there were like six different women. And all these amazing women in my life said to me, unsolicited, do you know about this class at Hawk Creek Commons called Soul Power? You need to go. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, okay, cool. I should go. And then I heard it like the seventh time and I said, okay, universe, I get it. I'm going to go. <laughs> and yeah. I finally showed up and actually the class was canceled, but I perfectly serendipitously <laughs> met. Yeah. Everyone was leaving and I pulled up next to Faith Laux. Oh, yeah. And we both looked at each other and said, well, let's just hang out because we have this hour. So I made this incredible connection with her. Like, I was there yesterday in your class, Misa, and I I just thought really cool things happen in this space.
1: Really,
0: really, really beautiful things happen in the space that you create.
1: Thank you for saying that. I feel that too. And it surprises me every time, I have to tell you, because I go in with... Very little expectation, but just some clarity on what it is that I want or hope will come through. And then, you know, I just feel like oftentimes I just open the door and whoever walks in with what it is that they have to bring, that's what really unfolds. And then there's this beautiful bridging between all the beautiful hearts and energies that show up. So, yeah, it's pretty magical and I'm so happy that you can feel it.
0: Oh, I've yeah. had major shifts and in insights in that space. And we will definitely talk about that. But first, I'd love for you to explain, you know, how you came to this point in your life. Like, you know, just the the highlight reel <laughs> of kind of the breadcrumbs that led you to, to be where you are today on whatever you're yeah. comfortable with talking about that journey back home totally. to your body and creating community yeah. ultimately. So please, we'd
1: love to hear. Okay, I love that highlight reel. I love that. I haven't heard that term, but it's perfect because it'll. I, I'm not known to be succinct. Um, I tend to go a little wordy, so I'm going to do my best to be um, succinct. I can't so, relate at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. Maybe that's what it is. Like you I can could just... just. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, So really, this stems back from, you know, my youngest experience with having um, body image issues and food eating disorder issues, which honestly stems from perfectionism. You know, I um, come from a family where my father was a a military officer and my mother being Japanese. Um, So there is this beautiful recipe concoction of keeping emotions stuffed inside and being regimented and perfect. Oh, the perfect um,
0: storm. Yes. Yes.
1: Right. We all probably have, you know, many of us probably have very similar stories and Mm -hmm. it was, I feel like just the beginning of, of what I needed to start to start to work through to get to where I am now. Um, And that's just one little blink, you know? And so, you know, that was a 11 year, um, the word battle but let's just say 11 year challenge for me and when i finally did get help for it was like anorexia bulimia body dysmorphia you know over all that and so one and apparently there's new ones now which is interesting but um new types of eating disorders so um it's really quite an epidemic that's a whole nother conversation however Um, So when I finally did receive help and finally started giving permission about um, my emotions and how they play a role in my stories and how they play a role, and wow. And then when I started to unravel all the constructs um, of these stories through various modes of AA, OA, um, I went into an eating disorder treatment program when I was 27. That was an interesting experience but it did get me to stop my behaviors and really start to look at what's happening. Um, And then I continued um, with ongoing individual therapy. And, you know, I feel like these services and modalities were very helpful with stopping me and getting me to look at my belief systems and how I was operating and what I would say to myself. On a regular basis. But it wasn't until I started dancing that all the other things underneath the cognitive layer started to feel back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, right. So now we know conversation, everybody's talking about embodiment and somatic work. And so I'm excited about that because not only has it healed me, but it's completely threw open the doors to my spiritual development um to my relational development um to my development as a human and being a good person and not walking around upset all the time angry all the time can I say pissed off because that's really yes. what I want to say I was pissed yeah you know so um so I had always loved dancing I danced <laughs> since I was a kid and I never had any kind of formal training it was just me Abba, downstairs with the record player. (laughs) That was like my inspiration. And first I wanted to sing, right? And then I realized I can't hit any high notes. I'm like, all right, I'll just dance. (laughs) And so that's where the dancing started. I was like six or seven. Um, And then after my healing process and really rediscovering, okay, what makes me happy? You know, let's let go of all the things that I'm supposed to be and all the things I'm supposed to do and all these ways that I wanted to please everybody else. What what makes me feel good? And it brought me back to dancing. Like I'm gonna go dance. And my first dance class back in my forties was a body jam class, um, at a lifestyle fitness. And oh my god, everything lit up, all my senses lit up. I had permigrant the whole time and um so that started my journey in looking for dance classes. And at that point, we had moved from Florida to Colorado. And I was so fortunate to find a dance class in Colorado called Soul Sweat. And Soul Sweat was created by this woman named Chantal Peratt and she um, was a NIA instructor and decided she wanted a little more oomph. She wanted a little bit more sweat. She wanted a little bit more grounded earthiness and a lot more heart, you know, pounding, um, move. So, um, the thing is like, you didn't need to be trained. You didn't need to be perfect. You just needed to want to show up and have a good time. Mm. And, um, so that began my journey into a healing form of dance, but I didn't know it was, I didn't know there was any healing. We didn't talk about that. You just showed up and you just started dancing. Um, And then I started working with uh, Lucy Wallace and she was a soul foot instructor. And um, she was, she was wild. She was crazy. She was sensual, sexual. And, you know, I'm still like very much contained in my container and I still didn't want to see myself in the mirror. I hung out in the back of the room. Um, I was very conscious of what I was wearing. I was very conscious of what I look like. And mm-hmm. her instruction and her open, um, extroverted permission started to, one by one, help me look at all the threads where I was still clenching, um, where the stories were still so strong, that, but they were in um Oh my gosh, I I wasn't even, I didn't even have a voice at that time. Like we would have classes where she was like, okay, let's work on opening your voice and using your voice. I'm like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) right. Because I told myself I can't sing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so pulling you out
0: just every, every time, right. Inch by inch.
1: It's like cracking yourself out of another cell. It's your death rebirth cycle. Over and over and over again, and, and and this is what I'm learning now: more compassion. All the ways we didn't know, all the ways we still forget, mm. all the ways we still get it imperfect, and um, yeah. So I don't know. Fast forward, I became an instructor in 2015. So fast forward, um, what nine years? Nine years later. Yeah. Um, it's still an unraveling process, you know. It's still an exploration into divine play and um, imperfection. And now I get to see other people be surprised at themselves and be willing to take another step towards the end, whether it's using their voice or touching their body in a different way. So, oh, God, it's so worth it. It's so worth it it's so worth the exploration and the courage to get it wrong. So anyway, that's the mm-hmm. So I hope I hit the highlight reel.
0: <laughs> yes. And you spoke so beautifully. I just wanted to write that down when you said all the ways, all the ways we still forget, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that it's yeah. it is this ongoing forgiving ourselves, allowing that process to be, what it is and not judging it. Like it feels like what you got was this huge permission slip. And I saw that even on your website, right? Like when you're, when you're talking about the soul power dance class, like it's encouraged to get it wrong, right? Like just really Mm -hmm. so proactively giving this permission slip and creating this safe container where we women can experience connection while not being good at something yet and that's not even a thing here it's not even you're not it's not being good at anything it's just being connected to yourself and just coming out a little bit more into that don't you think like that oh my god i would really create mm
1: -hmm. thank you for saying that i love that so much because it's so much about our own walls and boundaries Mm -hmm. the the act of permission when we drop the idea of, of making it look right, or, you know, like, fear of being judged, or whatever story we might be carrying, that opens up a portal for us to move emotion with our body. Um, For so many people that do somatic work, they understand and, and all this conversation around trauma healing, we have. As you know, things suck energy in our body. And mm-hmm. when we move, it releases. Mm-hmm. And I'll have people come up to me at the end of class, you know, tears. And they, they have no idea what just happened. And I said, it's okay. You don't need to know. You know, your body is so intuitive. It's so intelligent. It knows how to take care of you. Um, if we can just get our mind out of the way. And yes, exactly. The,
0: exactly. I mean, that... This work is so critical to what I think we need as a collective species. And so I'm also thinking about the parent-child relationship, right? And how Mm -hmm. we didn't understand, or we lost the understanding. Because I know we used to do this in ancient times. We used to move emotion through our bodies. You know, all that hip Mm -hmm. tribal work is like trauma stored in the hips. There's all this information about how we used to move emotion through our bodies somatically, And then it became for various reasons, we don't have to go into it though. Our brain does want to get on board to some degree of this is evidence-based how much the issues in the tissues, the body keeps the score and how as children historically, our generation and those beyond did not have what we required, which was safe accompaniment to metabolize and move emotion through. And so we have so much still unintegrated that needs presence and release and safety to release. And I agree, Misa, I've that was me yesterday i cried yesterday i mean i <laughs> like <laughs> it was so incredible the way that emotion needs to move through the body and and how we have so much unintegrated emotion that we can move now with our own safe presence right and how i want Absolutely. women especially everyone to know everyone to know but i want i want us to understand how we provide that companionship now and music and movement and symbolically completing the stress response and feeling powerful and grounded mm-hmm. and soft and all these ways that we understand now when we move our body in certain positions we are sending input to our system that we are powerful we are safe right we are mm-hmm. we are beautiful we are protected we are we're completing yeah. like the fight right like the the yeah. shadow work of the anger that we can talk about that yeah. I definitely want to talk about here focus. too the shadow <laughs> the integration um yeah. and and it doesn't have to make sense to the brain either right like no. really understanding that now that the brain wants to stop it the brain wants to understand it and for yeah. us just to let our body do its thing get out of the way and say that felt incredible and that's all my brain needs to know
1: Absolutely. Thank you for saying all of that. And I loved how you brought in the conversation, you know, as a parent and um how giving permission to children to allow them to feel things, Mm. you know? Um and how the physical nature is so important. Um, no matter what age. No matter what age. You know. So, um and then yeah, we can what What I've discovered just through my own personal experience as a student is that, oh, my God, I can actually work through my anger. I can work through my insecurity, my unworthiness feelings, my, Mm. you know, need to be a certain way. And um, when I first started dancing, I did all the moves perfect. (laughs) Because, <laughs> yeah, you were
0: watching that teacher. Yeah, Right? Mm-hmm, oh, my mm-hmm. God. I wanted mm-hmm. to get it
1: right because mm-hmm. it fed me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then after I did that, then I started to wonder, like, oh, like, what if I change things up and give myself the permission to be in control of my own body? Mm-hmm. That's a whole other layer. Oh, so I don't have to do it like this or whatever them. I can do it like me. And that's a whole other layer of permission. And then you kind of move on to this progression, which now I'm doing with channel and flow. Let's just throw the choreography out the window. And let's see what your body wants to create completely by itself with you, your channel, your guide, your brain frequency, which is, you know, like more in the liminal space. Mm -hmm. type of energy you know where it's that space where people create whether they're they're painting or writing or or dancing exactly so you know everybody comes in at a different level i have people that don't want to do any choreography but i will and and i totally understand it's not made for everybody
0: Mm -hmm. but what
1: choreography does provide is a boundary it's Mm -hmm. a masculine container so for me when I started, if I'm doing a choreography where I'm punching, woo, I can get out some anger that way. Mm-hmm. I can get out some deep emotion that way. Um, and I may not do that anywhere else. Choreography gives me the permission mm-hmm. to be angry, to mm-hmm. own my boundaries, to own my resistance, even hate, yes. even yes. like, um, you know, whatever it is that you want to feel or need to feel—preferences, feel, opinions, dislike—like we get to have all Thank of those you. things, yeah, mm-hmm. in a safe, held container mm-hmm. where you're not actually hurting anybody. Exactly. You're just dancing for yourself, and so, and so this is why this work is so um, potent in the prison system, which is, you know, we can talk about that later. But oh, dance please, yes. Yeah. Tell so us about that.
0: Cause I thought that was, well, that was my entry into you as well as learning about that work. And it felt so incredible that you're providing this body based freedom to women that are in prison.
1: Yeah. Well, it liberation. was liberation. Literally. Right. I mean, literally tell us, tell us, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so Lucy Wallace, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. she is the one that founded the nonprofit when a student came to her um, randomly after one of her classes, saying, "You should take this to women in prison," and it just clicked for her. Um, so that began a journey. Um, she began that in 2015, and, um, of her going into the system and be- beginning with women, incarcerated women. Teaching them very similar to what we do in my choreographed classes, dances where you can emote without talking about it. You just emote mm-hmm. and dance and have fun at the same time and these a lot of the prisons that we go into they don't have rehabilitative programming, so many don't have programming period mm-hmm. other than the traditional like um you know bible studies or um AA meetings or, you know, schooling programs, but as far as really doing things inside of the body, there's not very many, and so she really tapped into something that has proven to be life-changing, and not just for the women who are dancing, for the guards who are watching, for the administrators who are watching their incarcerated inmates, oh, Right before their eyes, create community inside the. Can you imagine? You know, when it's so isolated, so oppressed, where you're so fear afraid, and pretty much unequipped to deal with something heavy and intense like prison. Um, so anyway, hmm. it's been phenomenal, and um, I'm just so grateful that I can participate in this work and. Basically, we teach them how to become teachers and then they teach ongoing inside of the prisons and then they're certified. So they can, if they can get out or when they get out, they also can continue. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, I was I was doing a little of my nerd nerdy research before our call. and, And I don't know if you've heard of the the psychology phenomenon, collective joy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the euphoria we experience when we do move, shared movement as a human species. Oh
1: yes, I right. Heard. I thought it was like a specific. I thought it was like a specific organization. Or- oh no, no, yeah, no, no. Yes, right. Oh, oh, yes. My, God. oh my Shared God, emotion, yes. sense of
0: belonging, decrease in self awareness, enhance social bonds. Like we, yeah. re- it's, it's so interesting in this modern world, right? Like we have to how all the science to prove to us that we need to do these things, that Mm -hmm. dancing together as human beings gives our nervous system and our body, this felt experience of, I am not alone. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. Everyone is doing this together. I see you, you see me.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. To really embody these new beliefs of, yeah, I belong somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's some. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 please. But, you know, there's something that chemically happens. Um, Mm -hmm. There's something that emotively happens and there's something that happens energetically and frequency wise, you know, Mm -hmm. and if anybody out there has done any kind of work with Dr. Joe or Bruce Liston and you're aware of what changes in a group when all of us are vibrating at a higher level of joy, gratitude, love, enthusiasm, excitement, then you have a whole, room of a healing frequency that's the Mm. collective joy that i think you're talking about Mm -hmm. and it's actually it's actually so real and it stays with you it stays with you for a little while longer and it's why we keep coming back for more you know oh yes
0: yes so incredible and when i i think came to your first class we were doing maybe it was a dance around anxiety that you used in the prison system where you're scraping it off your arms. Can you talk about that was so powerful to me and imagining that women in prison are also doing this dance in Mm -hmm. confined spaces and just feeling that empathy for them and connectivity and such extreme gratitude for the freedom that I actually do have literally. Yeah. And so please tell us about that song so people can get a sense of what this looks like. And also it just felt so powerful
1: knowing that you'd also done that in the prison system. Yes. Well, that particular song that you're talking about is con- control and that was choreographed <laughs> by Lucy. And there was a time where we were actually choreographing dances with the women inside of prison. And we did that for many, many years. And so, and Lucy is brilliant in the way in she taught me. Um, I just love what she taught me about using cathartic choreography, using this felt sense, um, where you are in control to help express what it is that you're feeling inside. So this song, we're actually taking our hands and we're using, this is my word for a technical word, proprioception. Um, mm-hmm. By deeply pressing into the skin and you're literally then you're metaphorically talking about what it is you're letting go of or what it is that you're calming and soothing and it's all individual, however you want to describe it, right? Um, that's so much of it is owning, owning your movements, owning your feelings. Yes. And so then we're wiping the other side and then we're also taking this down our legs and I think the beginning of the song starts out where you're actually crunching the hands together and you're feeling the tension and you're feeling anxiety. And so there's an actual physical felt sense representation of what it is that you're working through. Mm. And so, and you know, there's a whole bunch of other moves, but this is just a really small example of how we use conscious cathartic choreography to help move energy and emotion. So it's powerful. And, you know, it's not new. You know, there's other traditions like yoga traditions. I think they do a whole clearing with the breath. I mean, there's so many different modalities. And I think what I love about the dance is is the permission and freedom for adding your own flavor, adding your own expression. You know, like if you want to grit your teeth while you do that, you can grit your teeth. Mm-hmm. You want to just touch tail and release under that. And that becomes the move. You can do that too.
0: And you so. see other people around you doing that. And then you feel the invitation also. You create that. Absolutely. You've created that environment. People that come over and over again to the newbies. You
1: just, you see others doing that. Oh, we can do that here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you're all healing together. You're all releasing something together. You look over and everybody else is crying too. Mm-hmm. And then you understand that you're not so alone and that we're all going through something. So then it adds to your compassion and empathy, which we're all built for, you know. That yes, it just exactly. It just opens that up. Yeah, it just opens it up.
0: Wow. Conscious, cathartic choreography. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, I also would love to talk about like shadow work and what, what do you consider shadow work to be and how you use dance to integrate these parts of ourselves, right? Because I think that the parenting space hasn't really been as aware of the shadow work that's so essential for us to come back into our bodies and, and be whole and and really some of that anger and some of that numbness and yeah. can be um just this, this resistance to our own selves, right? These parts that we learn from society, mm-hmm. our caregivers, that's not okay here, young lady, young man. No, no, no. Yeah. And we can't yeah. be our authentic
1: selves, right? Yeah. Well, if there's any mirror that's going to show us, it- when we're not being our authentic selves, that's the mirror of a child. Your child, you know. And um, I am a mother. I have um, a son who will be 22 this year and a daughter who is 19. And wow, that's a whole other podcast. But when I, I <laughs> please when come I back, tell like, us
0: everything, yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, you know, as as we work on ourselves and heal, then we start to see all the ways that well. I'll speak for myself I see I saw all the ways what well, really mm-hmm. my words mm-hmm. but you know coming back to this premise of you know get it wrong get it wrong and sometimes that's the only way to learn how to get it right oh yeah it's to get it wrong, you know? exactly so, um so so what happens in these dance classes is that it becomes a place for you for me for any of us to unburden ourselves yes there's so much that we carry, and as mothers specifically, not to help speak any other type of parent, you know, but it's, um, we don't realize how much we can hold. And I can only speak as a woman, um, uh, but I know as a woman, I can hold a lot. I've been taught to hold a lot. And you don't realize until you have a space that you can drop it all and, um, uh, release it all that, um, wow it, it then it gives me the courage to see oh wow i was a real bitch oh <laughs> right. my god i was such an asshole to my kid or to my mm. husband mm-hmm. and so so the shadow work that we do is addressing what's underneath all of that right which is mostly fear of not getting it right but i mean i'm actually getting ahead of myself with what's usually right underneath that is anger yeah right Um, And then underneath, then we have fear. And then, of course, there's the grief. But um, when we allow ourselves to do shadow work in the class, it usually begins with feeling the tear and noticing as you're moving, all of a sudden you're feeling freedom. And we forget what freedom feels like when we've been going day to day, working with kids, driving from one thing to another. It just becomes our own personal prison. And when we can dance and feel freedom, then we, we feel a part of ourselves again, our true self, our authentic our, um, our self. And so when we start to have permission to feel those things again, then we start to have courage to look at the things that are harder about ourselves. Parts where I fly off the handle and get angry in, in a second. And what is that about? Um, And so we talk about these things in dance, we talk about self-care, we talk about how much we carry, uh, but we also talk about where we react versus respond. you know, mm-hmm. and when we have a physical outlet, when we have a community that we can lean into, knowing that we're not going to be judged, there is a clearing that happens. Mm-hmm. And we, I know for me, I ended up being a little bit nicer to my husband um and to my kids because i had a place to work through my anger i had a place to admit that oh god i was not a nice person today and and then you know on a deeper level and that encourages and invites us to look at what stories are underneath that if we're not doing enough self-care where can we have more self-care you know and Um, yeah
0: i I love it and when you say self-care i I really want to like rebrand that word about like caring about ourselves.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Like really caring how we're doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. How we're feeling. What hurts, right? Because I think it's still I was talking to a mom today in session about her still being stuck on, I do take care of myself. I'm taking baths and I exercise and I drink the water. And, you know, she was just she was so, you know, frustrated that it and she was aware of how funny she was being, but just that's not that's not what we're talking about. It's about really caring about the pain that you're holding. It's really caring about yourself even when you've been mean and scary because you were you were scared, right? Like I I think yeah. it's just I can't I can't not take that opportunity just to say what I really want us to start to really rework that definition in our head of what self care is, because this capitalistic world has told us it's things to do and buy. Yeah.
1: Right? And, and I think it's yeah, that's that's a great point, Aaron It's such a great point. Mm-hmm. Well, because there's, there's no separation between mind, body, and spirit. There's no separation. And we I know it's easy to want to compartmentalize. Like, if I'm doing all these things, then why do I still feel like crap? You know? And there's exactly. It's all interwoven. You can't separate it. If you still feel like crap, then there's something not being addressed. You know, there's something not being said. And... You know, one of the biggest things that I see, especially um, as moms and women and, and men too, they're not excluded or, and you know, this goes for everybody. I know. Most yes. people don't receive well. Serious. <laughs> Most people don't receive well. Mm. And And receiving well begins with the self. Waiting for somebody to help us receive is a terrible way to receive. Mm. the way to receive for me that i have found is i have to prioritize myself my mental health my physical health my emotional health i can't wait for anybody to see me i have to see myself you see you exactly yes Yes. is that one of your faces i love that
0: well, I just yeah, came no, out. No. But yeah, you oh. see you. I mean literally so yesterday if I, I don't want to cut off your train of thought but in the channel yeah. and flow class you saw me run over to grab a pen and find a yeah. piece of paper to write you know downloads down because I kept getting these just like these statements awesome. in my running through my head. Otherwise it was very clear and then I would get these statements and I got one that just said, "I'm sorry I can't care how you feel about my healing over prioritizing others, believing them over myself was how this happened to get Amazing. free. I have to choose me. Yes. <laughs> I love it.
1: Like That's I can't it. care. Oh
0: my I can't care how you feel about it. I, I can't do that That's anymore. Right.
1: I can't. That's right. That's There's right. no way
0: I can care and, and get free and, and heal.
1: Yeah. <sighs> That's so cool. And what do we taught from like, from this big is mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. don't be selfish, mm-hmm. put others before you, you got to be nice. You got to worry about what other people, you know, and like, oh God, we were set up for failure. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So, you know,
0: and we were but, told our, and I think, I think part of that having difficulty receiving is, you know, we were told our needs weren't real. We were told we were wrong right. for feeling a certain way. We were essentially gaslit
1: a lot. Yeah. And yeah
0: overpowered when we needed support and so we've just been doing to ourselves what was done to us for so long
1: yeah yeah and here's the other thing i want to i want to i want to mention about that yeah everything that is thrown i'll speak for myself everything that has been thrown my way has been a launching path for a deeper relationship with myself, a more authentic relationship with myself, yes, and so there is no victimization here for me um, because the moment I fall into that, I feel like I'm pedaling backwards because I have to own taking care of me and um, and use my voice and use my words to be very clear about what I mean, and at the same time it also means being able to hear others doing the same Mm
0: -hmm. it is
1: a reciprocity action if I hold that truth for myself I need to allow others to hold that for them too for themselves you know so that's um this duality thing that we're doing this polarity thing and is really fascinating it's um It's often our best teacher. So to be gentle when, you know, it hits the fan. Because on the other side is some sort of healing, redemption, clearing, loving of self, opportunity.
0: Oh, yes. This is here for me. Okay. This is here for me. And yes, 100%. Looking Mm -hmm. at life's challenges that way, um, as an invitation to go deeper and really here for me, here for me to grow, here for me to, to mm. heal something. Please tell us what you mean by duality and
1: polarity. Okay. Exactly. It's it's the um it's the surf in the wave. It's knowing that this idea that we're gonna move like this and this and this and this. Is just a little bit of an illusion. It's actually a big sad illusion. She's going up like a a steady climb, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. like things are supposed to get better and better and better and things are not getting better. So something must be wrong. Mm -hmm. I have found that as I continue to open my heart, as I continue to forgive and love myself in a deeper way, that the challenges and polarity doesn't necessarily change or go away mm-hmm. any kind of expectation that life is going to get easier or so much better if this happens and so much better if I can just see that is really an illusion it's for me like how soon can I come back to neutrality and love and centered and harmony and talent despite the chaos that's happening Fight this mm-hmm. non-preferential thing. This mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like this is becoming more and more common language. Hopefully, um, because I think we can get ourselves stuck on a hook if we actually have expectations about how things are supposed to go. You know, so polarity is a practice and coming back to alignment. That's all it is. Oh all yeah. Is- I
0: mean, yes. Expectations are resentments waiting to happen.
1: Mm -hmm. We've also
0: heard the thief of joy Ah. and yes, a thousand percent. And just, it's been interesting to watch how my boat has gotten steadier. So the waves don't go quite as high or quite as low and Mm -hmm. life will be lifing this week. I was like, life is lifing at me. I got all this logistical stuff that is not fun at all. Mm. And really looking at how I can, like you said, just return back to My heart and my body, and be who I want to be within that, and really love Mm -hmm. and support myself. And oh, that was not fun. Oh, your car's still making that noise after you were at Subaru for four hours and gave them many, many American dollars. Like, that's not fun. Right. And just really (laughs) using it. You didn't like that. I believe you. That makes, yeah, that was not great. Yeah. But, right. But just really that self-attunement, self-nurturing, that relational safety within ourselves does make all of that like inherent pros and cons of being in a human body down here, like just, um, more peaceful and more of an interesting, I don't know, just, just, it feels more interesting when that's my compass instead of, I'm just like being hit by certain unexpected challenges, just, okay, how can I keep Moving in, like, this is here for me to grow. This is here for me to yeah. grow.
1: And it's a constant practice, as you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's one of my favorite things is surrender is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. a full-time mm-hmm. job. And mm-hmm. we can handle, something we can surrender. And it doesn't mean we're not going to piss off. That's why we dance. Because then we go dance it out. You know, get it out of our body. Understand, like, okay, can we move to a higher perspective and know that everything is going to be Okay. You well know, and on. that's what happened
0: yesterday. I think if you don't mind, I think it'd be a really powerful example to tell because you know, I I came into class um 2 2 days ago a friend had called me and told me that, you know, it was was essentially there was some there's been some talk about my my daughter in 3rd grade about she might have had some you know, incident with another girl that was, a, a, basically people are talking bad about my daughter and and apparently there was no aggressive incident that I'm aware of and that's so out of character for her. But she was saying, people are talking about your daughter and I feel like you should know what's going on so you can address it and you might not even know. And so basically I got the message of like, not only people talking bad about you, they're talking bad about your kid, which is a new experience. I was like, oh, here it is. Hello. I'm sure we've all had it, right? Like, we've <laughs> all had it. For you. It was great. It was so oh,
1: okay. good.
0: Yes, I'm um, sure you've never. Yeah, and and I told my friend, I said, I really appreciate you doing this, and also I hate it. And when I got off the phone, I just knew, like, I cannot trust my brain and my body right now because mm-hmm. I have some very deep people pleasing programs, and the social shame I'm feeling right now is not fun, and it makes me want to be immediately just defensive and mm-hmm. escape this experience and. I did do some spiritual practices that feel really nourishing to me and in the moment. And then I had a really, I was able to access that higher perspective and had a good talk with my daughter. I still think I don't have any evidence that this is even justified. It's very strange. But I felt myself that night, it was Monday night, still kind of withholding connection and not feeling the love I I do really. Feel for her in that moment. I think because I really got this message. Oh, we got we got to get you, little Anne. We got to get you to hustle a little bit for our approval. You're not going to do good things just because they're good. So we got to withhold a little love so that you can kind of run and catch up, right? And I felt that in me, but wasn't super conscious of it. And then I came to your class, and I was dancing in the corner and just looked up at the stained glass and just started weeping about how much I really do love my daughter. And I just started weeping over the fact that love doesn't spoil anyone. And my body has this tragic experience of, I can't give it all to her because that'll, that'll ruin her. That'll, that'll give her too much. And, and I felt my grandmother also there just cupping my face in her hands and her literal last name was love. And she, and I hear this from the women I work with so much that the grandmother or the grandfather really gave them a felt relational sense of being cherished and seen for who they were because they didn't have the job of molding them and changing them. Right. And so I felt her and I just felt something really shift in my body of just this new, new release and this new belief of love doesn't spoil anyone. And I love this girl so freaking much. And my capacity to love myself and all of my glory and faults and shadow and mistake making. And then I also really danced with the idea of I'm going to be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I, I was just, I kept saying that in my head and getting bigger and moving my body. And I, at one point I just took up every like inch of the room and went up the ramp and just wanted nice. to intentionally just <laughs> just cover my body over everywhere and say I'm still gonna show up. I'm gonna be misunderstood. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to trigger people. I'm going to fail in real time. Learning equals failing. Me and my daughter will both be doing that, and this is going to happen. And I'm still so lovable and safe. And I'm gonna still yeah. be big and show up.
1: uh. Oh. Thank you. That is the ballad of unconditional love. I love it. Thank you. That is what you just described is like a ballad of unconditional love. You know, to love each other through all the imperfections and just to know that there is a total, massive, beautiful baseline of love that is always available to us no matter. Who, what, where, anything—it's always there, and you cannot, you know, love your daughter too much. Absolutely. So, thank you for sharing that story.
0: And it's yeah, it's bringing tears to my eyes again just as you're speaking because when I picked her up from school, I just, I just felt I'm like it's you and me, girl. Like everyone's coming and going, like. It's you Mm -hmm. and me, like I'm on your team a thousand percent and we will figure out Mm -hmm. anything together. Like, Mm -hmm. but I can't thank you enough for creating that container and I'm so grateful I came. And I, I, I do see how this, I do believe that there's some spiritual guidance at play that just puts all the little plot points in front. And I'm going to have Misa on the podcast. Oh, I'm going to go to her class before because I haven't been in a while. And oh, this really fun phone call is going to come in two days before
1: exactly when I need it, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I, we make the joke all the time. I, I do that with friends. where We just can't make this up. No. Just the alignment of things and how things get placed, especially when our heart is open. And especially when we're ready to receive it and and change and transmute things, things drop in. As long as we're paying attention, things drop in. And that's the other part about utilizing your body or music or movement or whatever it is that, you know, that floats your boat is getting our energy to a place where we can actually hear the guidance, feel the guidance, receive it. Because most of the time we're managing and controlling and wanting to fix things. Mm-hmm. But there's something to be said about the passivity of just allowing the answers to come to you, you know?
0: And they really so, do come when you're connected to your body.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're in your heart we space
0: and your body. That's where, yeah. don't you find? And please, you know, I was listening to Vivek Murphy, our U.S. Surgeon General on a podcast recently. He said, you know, 50 years ago, if you asked someone what health was, they'd talk about the body. And 20 mm-hmm. years later. Then we started talking about mental health as part of health. And now we need to start considering spiritual health as part of our health as a species because we are we've never been less healthy as a species. And I'd love to hear what your spiritual life is like and and to yeah. really speak to that here.
1: Sure. I'd love to share. And I just love how you just went through the gamut of the body mind and how sad it is that the heart is the last thing we that's get. so true i
0: was you thinking know? that too exactly <laughs>
1: like, so, uh. but when it's the basis of all things yeah so oh my gosh um you know i've always been a spiritual speaker i think ever since i um can remember and um It took me a while to understand what that actually even meant. You know, it was this weird search for something that couldn't quite grasp or understand because it was not available in the physical reality, which is where I was looking for. Or searches or, you know, whoever, wherever. And, um, it, it wasn't for lack of time, you know, but I, um, it wasn't until um, I was actually doing AA um, when I was in recovery mm-hmm. uh, where they have, you know, one of the steps is just surrendering and falling down your knees and saying, I can't do this anymore. And then I had an experience when I was inside the treatment center, um, where I was sitting in a big group process. Oh, uncomfortable, right? You're with a bunch of other addicts. And, um. <laughs> you're in this group process and it's you know it's a week-long intensive so you're constantly processing and i'm just exhausted and he decided to put in a tv movie do you remember those made for tv movies yes! do you remember v- oh, vhs yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah, might yeah. be too young for that but no nope. so she puts in, pops in a tape and and some movie made for tv movie about addiction and he's fast forwarding through the commercials and my dad had died about six months earlier and, um, and there was a lot there for me to work through in my relationship with my father. And, um, he made one commercial. He was a business owner. He made one commercial that would air like at two o'clock in the morning, you know. And so I'm sitting there in my circle with all these people that I barely knew and, um, she's fast forwarding. She lifts her thumb up of the fast forward button. And then on flashes, you know what I'm gonna say, my father's (laughs) (laughs) It was only there for a second because she hits fast forward again when she realized that she hasn't gotten through the commercial. That was my first real confirmation about what is actually happening here, you know? Um I balled and what came through for me was that I was exactly where I needed to be. Oh. Exactly. And all my pain and all my suffering, I was exactly where I needed to be. And so that um rekindled my, my devotion to this thing called spirit, which at that time, I still had no idea what that meant, mm-hmm. you know? So that just launched into um, looking for specific teachers and specific people or so and then as I evolved in my dance, um I started working with a woman online who was um Choctaw, part Choctaw and in her bloodline and I started to embrace the earth safe um Spirituality, because it made so much sense to me, mm-hmm. you know honoring the trees and the earth and the mother and the water. you can feel it when you go outside that is undeniable. Yeah. you can't see it, but you can feel it and um so that's where I began, really, my journey is um, through studying Native American spirituality, and I've been very fortunate to meet people i've people have been placed in my path of course. Um, because i've asked and with an open heart and um so that has led me through a a myriad of connections with groups and people and ultimately earth-based practices rituals honoring the seasons, knowing that the equinox and solstice are very important to me and those transitions and um meditation has become deeply important to me and Dr. Joseph Spencer was huge in helping me because for years I was like I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. busy I know yeah. can't sit still for too long and he uh his teachings and books and um, programs really changed for, for me and now um I can't if if I don't meditate you I know it <laughs> I yes. know it yes so um so and I brought as much of this as possible into my classes just about honoring the way um the elements show up and so that's why i do workshops around the elements and um and um this has also come through in in different dance forms too like the elements are nothing new but as far as to embody it and then to relate it to what you see and feel uh, Side has really been grounding and profoundly like eye opening, like anger. Okay, let's take anger. Please. Anger is all about metal, it's metal Mm -hmm. energy. And people love metal energy in my classes because it's hard hitting, it's empowering, it's constructive. And um, by the end of a metal song, which is usually hip hop, um, you can't breathe. And because you're, it's all constructed, and that is completely connected to anger and how we hold our breath and how we feel connected. So working with metal energy um, as a spiritual dance process allows you to work with your anger, notice your breath, choose to breathe in the middle of a very hard-hitting metal hip-hop song, you know, and notice how your breath helps you oh, my God, I feel so much better when I exhale. Right, there's right. The connection, connection yeah. to the exhale. Mm-hmm. And so then you carry that out into your real-world experiences. And, you know, like I said, there's so many different practices. But, um, you know, we can keep bringing it back to our contemplative practice of how all this relates to, to taking care of ourselves, our nervous system. Mm-hmm. how to understand that we're part of something bigger, that there's always something bigger at work here that we actually only get to know a smidge about mm-hmm. one perspective. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all we get mm-hmm. is one. Mm-hmm. But there's eight and a half billion others that we can learn about to help us expand our view. So, you know, there's this, there's a lot to mine there, but I, yeah. I, the people that come to my classes and I dance with, um, every single thing that they bring to class is something that I feel because they're bringing something to the collective pot that um we get to feel and reflect in ourselves, you know to get to a, a point in your spiritual practice where you are no different from the person in front of you, and the mayan has have a term in in Litesh, Um, which means I am another you. And so that's profoundly healing when you're able to see yourself and so many people around you, you know, so that's a part of it as well.
0: Well, that's such a, I love that, that you're ending there too, where that step, that, that lie of separation Mm -hmm. is what shame essentially is. And it's counter to our, Evolution, right? That we're we're not meant to be alone, and that is Mm -hmm. equated with a real threat to our safety. And so, it's this kind of spiritual severing that a lot of us have had done by the conditions that we grew up in. And I feel like those that are listening right now are here for a reason, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. you're right on time, and everything that led you to this moment was exactly what you know where you needed to be, like you were saying, that you got that real like intuitive hit from that incredible experience from your dad and and just Mm -hmm. the the relation like this the spiritual relationship. The what did what did Dr. Lisa Miller call it? She called it spiritual relating where we can have relationship with something bigger than ourselves that makes us feel held. And that's where the really the recovery community no one we don't get that anywhere else because you get that that surrender to something bigger than you as a value and you're having it combined with human community
1: mm-hmm. and those Absolutely. two powers
0: combined is mm-hmm. there anything more healing than that i don't think so
1: mm-hmm. no i don't think so either it, it i can't imagine doing this without community i joke with people all the time like dancing by myself is like not be so much fun, you know, I'd much rather dance with you all. Yeah. And and all the flavors that people that they bring. And like, oh, I guess to to get to experience healing through you today. Or like with what you went through yesterday, I get to experience healing through you today. Mm -hmm. What a gift to me to Mm -hmm. be able to hear these stories and relate to you in that way as a mother and who has a daughter and you know, it's just powerful. It's powerful and um in that particular class, panel and flow, um, which is the non choreographed class, um I have some women who are dealing with some intense grief, you know loss of a child kind of grief and and to feel that feeling to feel that kind of grief um, and to be able to hold that for each other, I know that's why we're here. I know that's part of why we're here, <gasps> just to hold that space for each other. Well, I, I
0: I don't know if I told you this when I came to your St. Patrick's day class last year, last March, and you played. you said, let's do a, an old Celtic song. Right. And so we got in two rows and it was all women, maybe one, one man. And Men, we love you, but you're not really listening. This is mainly women here, anyway, as far as I can tell.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: but we 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 don't want you to feel excluded, but we're mainly talking right, to women, right, right. and we are women. Yes. But so it was it was two rows of women, and the the dance that we did was just going back and forth and sweeping our arms, right? And it was this. Yes. I mean, if you could contextualize it, right? Is it it's an ancient dance?
1: Yeah, I think it's it, it it feels very contra Irish dance. You know, the song actually is a song from the, the series Outlander, um, which I don't know if anybody watched that series. If we're mostly women probably. Yeah, you see that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and and what I what I love about the group dancing experience and is that when we interact with each other. So we're not in our tiny little silos doing our own choreography and our and you know, following Nisa. Exactly. But we're actually connecting with each other through dance as a unit. And there are studies that prove that synchronous movement and yep. seeing each other in synchronous movement elevates emotion, right? So in connection. And I feel it. I know I didn't do it because I read it somewhere. I I exactly. feel it. Yep. You know? So, and then we're all laughing and having a great time. And well, and people started we
0: were we were doing the dance, sweeping our bodies back and forth and synchronized movement, and then someone started going, "You and and making these noises. I started to cry, and misa, i got oh. I just heard this voice in my head say, "You have done this before. You have Whoa. moved trauma and pain with other women." Loss of children, loss of partners, right? Like real devastating trauma. This way,
1: yeah,
0: can't make it up. I I, I, I got.
1: (laughs) Thank you for that. Right? Wow, that's so good. I know. I know. We're not meant to do it alone. We just really aren't. You know, and we used so. to not,
0: you know, we didn't before mm-hmm. we lived in tribal communities and we, we intuitively True. really knew how to move emotion together. And, and mm-hmm. I love, I mean, my heart breaks for those, those mamas and, and I'm so, I know what a powerful container you provide. And I know that you've also been trained as a death doula and we're wrapping up yeah. on an hour. I got to stop myself from asking questions, talking to you, <laughs> but, but I, I, I think that a lot of this our generation of parents and the women that are listening right now we are cycle breakers right like we have we have to grieve a huge part of us reclaiming ourselves and our peace and our power and our empathy and our connection and our play and our presence and our creativity is through grieving the unaccompanied pain and what was lost from the way we were treated and so if you just have any advice or wisdom to provide because It's not, it's not attractive, but it's essential, right? To grieve.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Grieve is
0: such a portal. Well,
1: the thing is like, we are all already grieving. It's inescapable. Um, I don't, I don't care who you are. I can guarantee there's something that you are grieving and, and it doesn't feel good. So it's natural to want to stuff it down in various ways, not talk about it. And then something happens inevitably in community where you know somebody has a loss and then you're forced to deal with it. And um, and we all do that in our own individual ways. But the truth is, what's so the bottom line about grief? The grief on the other side of it is a powerful container of love. You cannot grieve if you are not loved. Mm. And so when we allow ourselves to hold grief, we're not going to get rid of it. I'm just going to say it right now. It's not going anywhere. So we might as well learn how to hold it so that we can increase our capacity to love because that is the only way we're going to get through that grief. In doing it in community where you have others that can hold it with you, it creates connection. It creates a deepening of your own capacity um, to feel, to exist, to have joy. Um, because then suddenly the gratitude starts to come in because you realize like what you do have right now in this moment is so worthy of every single breath. And so there are opportunities for people that have a hard time knowing how to grieve. There are opportunities out there to learn how to do it, Mm -hmm. to feel safe in how to do it. You don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. You can read a book if you'd like, but there's also people out there that are just like you wanting to learn how to do the same thing. And so that's why I took the gestual i i wanted to go head on about what scared me most oh wow this is death and grief. yeah yeah and there's nothing that will teach you more about compassion love grief in the container that you can hold of sitting with people that are dying or sitting with people that are grieving so i'm going encourage it maybe not on a saturday night but you know what i mean
0: <laughs> so beautifully said and you provide one-on-one coaching and I am i know this is an area you cover, correct?
1: yes, that is definitely something that I am so happy to support people and and discuss and the tools and ideas and how to manage grief and um, it is such an important thing to do and to teach our kids how to do oh, a
0: they thousand often, percent
1: you know they often learn from us how to handle this, these kinds of things, and so showing them how to handle grief is, can be really, really important. And mm. um, you know, and I, I think a lot of a lot of us can do that through pets. You know, a lot of us have done that with pets. Uh, but tending to our own grief, which is what I think what you're talking about, is um, just as supportive and healing for our kids to know and witness. You know.
0: A thousand percent. That was so beautifully said. And, and also again, for me too, the music and the movement moves emotion through my body Mm -hmm. in a way that nothing else does. And I just, um, I just hope, I hope you come back and talk to us more about that because I also know that our generation of parents, I mean, the, the age group we're in, we're, We're going to be taking care of aging parents. We're going to be, you know, witnessing their, you know, their death if all goes as it, as it should right on the lifespan. And and it won't always, absolutely. And I think that um, we can't hear enough about how to honor grief and how to really let it move through our bodies in the time that it needs. I remember Liz Gilbert said so beautifully, grief is a bill that must be paid. Yeah. And it will shape shift when we avoid it and turn into all kinds of other harder things really that cause more damage to others. And so um, really, and, and of course, the more I've allowed myself to grieve and to feel, the more I've been able to mean it. When I say to my child, you feel this as long as you need to, of course, you're sad. I'll be with you as long as you need and I used to even, you know, use all my little tricks and tactics to bring their prefrontal cortex back online and like regulate them and pull them into play. And, and yeah. there are times when we're, we're really grieving something in our family um, where I know they need to feel allowance to take up as much for this to take up as much space as it needs. And I don't, I don't know, and they don't know, but we'll just honor it and be with it. And then, and it's even interesting it's to see when I do say that, like, we'll, we'll be here as long as we need. I see something even shift in my children, the lack of Mm -hmm. resistance and the allowance. There's Mm -hmm. nothing for them to push against and resist. And, and the feeling tends to move through. There's something that shifts with that. There's something that shifts when I say, and I mean it, right? I really do mean it. I'm not afraid of this.
1: I love that. That makes me so happy to hear you say this because you're giving them an out before the anger settles in mm. and when we don't tend to the grief guess what comes instead anger oh yeah and that's why most there's so much of it out there because oh, yeah. we're not tending to our grief
0: we're not recognizing
1: our grief we're walking around with unconscious grief oh yeah you know so thank you for saying that because that is that's a powerful thing to give your
0: children. well I yeah. only i only could access it because i've accessed it for myself and i've followed that mm-hmm. nudge to go be in spaces that you've created and just my insatiable curiosity of just all these different ways to to heal and reclaim my real authentic self and and mm-hmm. i just want to encourage the folks listening just to to follow those nudges that say reach out to this person, put your body in this room, like just keep following Mm -hmm. that because you I do believe we're all being guided back to wholeness and the brain wants to overthink it and question it. And, and let's just Mm -hmm. listen to those nudges. Um, Mm -hmm. and I cannot thank you enough, Misa. I mean, you have provided so many transformative experiences and I'm And I'm excited for more. I'm excited for more. I'm going to keep putting my body in that room
1: and the spaces you create. Thank you. Uh, This is so fun. And and I just, it was delightful. Delightful being here and talking to you. And I do hope we can do it again. Yes, I would
0: love it. I would absolutely love it. Tell folks how they can benefit from you and your work, whether they're local to Asheville or not.
1: Okay. So um, if folks are local and they want to dance in person, they can come uh, to any of my classes. I teach Soul Power Dance, which is the choreographed form, on Monday nights at 5.30 and Friday mornings at 9.45. Channel and Flow is the free dance. It's an hour-long um, free dance journey to curated music where you are letting your energy guide you. Um, and like Anne said, there's so much opportunity for downloads because we're in that liminal phase pretty much that entire
0: hour. I'm just going to use it for my um, creative time. I'm going to bring a pen and a notebook but I don't have to.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad. And then my website is um, com, and you can learn about my classes there. Um, I also do spiritual embodiment coaching, which is a lot of what we talked about today. And, and... I think I covered all of it. So thank yes! you so, so much. Yeah. I, I
0: will link Appreciate all that information. You. And yeah, I'm so glad That we were able to do this. And again, just thank you for, I just know what an insane service you're providing to the women in our community.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I love dancing with you. And I look forward to dancing with you again very soon.
0: We will do it. We will do it. Thanks, Misa.
1: Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank y'all so much for being here and spending your precious time and energy and brain space on this world that I'm creating. And please, if this feels resonant with you and you think of people that you want to share this with, I want this to be spread far and wide. It's not about me. It's about the work and the ideas and how much we need to elevate our environment and have as many of our friends and family and as many parents and people waking up to themselves, their own power and how good life can get. Love you guys.